everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with the Radio Media. We'll spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun as we do it. And I brought someone down today, and we will have lots of fun. Hi, the famous Hi Saffron. <laughs> Hi, how are you today? Rabbi, I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to this. And what a great start to hear a little Chagad Yah in the background. Yes. We're just uh, days Passover. away from Pesach, and I'm fired up for that. Yes, that is excellent, and we are going to have a good time. And for those who think they know the great High Saffron, um, you don't know. You don't know High. Is that how the phrase goes? I don't remember one of those commercials. But um, in any case, lots of things to talk about today. Lots of topics. We're gonna get into Passover later in the show. We didn't finish the story last week. We didn't talk about the Haggadah last week. Again, if there's anything you want to ask to either me or certainly my special guest, you can call us at eight four four nine 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 two four nine eight four four. Nine 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 two four nine, and before we get into some trending stuff, I was I, I read this story about high, and it's it's it actually describes you to a T, and it was a fundraising story that applied to sort of you and your grandfather. Could you could you say that story? How that whole story took place? Well, you know, it's a, a beautiful story that for folks interested, they can they can go online to myjewishdetroit.org. And uh, they'll search under a, a story, I believe it's called L'Chaim. Um, and it, it came about, um, the leadership of the Jewish Federation in our community wanted to do a story about my grandfather, uh, with whom I share a name. Um, and he, he passed away, of course, before I was born. They wanted to do a story on, on his legacy as a, as a pillar of the community in, in his time. And uh, I guess to a certain extent, how I am trying in my own way to live up to just a tiny fraction of that. And um, so the story has, has many different elements to it and parts of, parts of his life, a little bit about my life. Um, but there's a, a curious little anecdote in there. Um, I'm, at, uh, I'm at work. So as Rabbi, as you know, I, I uh, help direct philanthropy at our Jewish Federation here in Detroit. Um, so in short, that means I, I do my best to develop relationships with individuals and families and hope to help them identify different ways that they can make an impact on our, on our community, Jewish, the broader community, how, how I can help drive their uh, charitable giving and uh, encourage, encourage them to do so for federation and, and schools like uh, Yeshiva Starche Torah, for instance. Um, and a, a cute story happened in December towards the end of our fundraising campaign. A uh, colleague of mine who, who does similar similar work uh, came over to, to my office and, and said, Hey, hi, uh, I've been asked to solicit this gentleman. Uh, for the sake of this conversation, let's just call him uh, Mr. Goldberg. How about that? Something like that. Uh, and so my, my colleague says, Hey, hi, would you mind trying to solicit Mr. Goldberg? He's on my list to solicit, but uh, he's... Uh, He's a tough one, and I haven't gotten a, a gift out of him in many, many years. He's, I don't even know if he's going to take my call. You want to try calling him? I said, sure, why not? What's the problem? Can you tell me anything about him? He said, well, I don't really know anything. I just know he's up in years and kind of, what can I say? He's a little difficult. Okay, fine. So I take the piece of paper with, uh, what do we say, Mr. Goldberg's name on it and number. Again, I don't know who this guy is, but what's the problem? You know, I can reach out and... Maybe I can get to know him. I, I don't know. So I, I call, 
and um, a, a woman with an accent answers the phone, and I kind of figured it might have been a, an assistant, maybe a, a someone that helps helps the individual, helps uh, so-called Mr. Goldberg out medically. And a woman answers the phone, hello. And I said, yes, is Mr. So-and-so available? And she says, may I ask who's calling? I can see if he's available. He's resting right now. And I said, oh, well, it's, it's not urgent. If he's not available, no problem. But if you could let him know, hi, Saffron is calling and hoping to speak with him. That's all I said. I didn't say about what. I just, hi, you know, hi, Saffron. So uh, a few seconds go by. She comes back, and she gets on the phone and says, um, he'll take he'll take your call. He'll be with you in a moment. So this this older gentleman gets on the phone again. I have no idea who he is, and he says, "Who do you think you are, pretending to be the great High Saffron? How dare you try and make fun of an old man? I'm an old man, and I know you're not High Saffron. High Saffron died 35 years ago. How dare you try to use his name to reach me?" And I said, oh, Mr. So-and-so, I, I, I apologize. I think you're referring to my namesake, my grandfather. Uh, I'm his grandson. My name is Hi Saffron, and I'd love to tell you where I'm calling. Boom, that obviously completely reverses the trajectory of the conversation. And uh, long story short, not only did he agree to make a pledge of uh, charitable gift right then and there over the phone, but he said, hi, when the weather warms up, if the weather warms up, <laughs> yeah. no comment there. When the weather warms up, give me a call. Come over to my house. I'd love to. I'd love to meet the next high saffron. This high saffron, and it was really a very moving moment for me. A, I don't want to say typical, but for those that are in the fundraising field, um, these stories happen. If you're mm-hmm. out there enough, these stories happen, and that story, I think, really encapsulates all the different nuances as far as one part of high's life. Like, for example. Um, even though we're not into politics, but um, in case you're curious, High was involved with uh, President Obama in the early days in Iowa and then later with Gary Peters. So High has been around in many areas, many facets to his life, and uh, we'll see if we get a few more of those in. But again, anybody wants to call in, talk to me, Hi, talk about Passover, 844 999 That's 844 844- Nine 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 two four nine, or you can email us. Let's talk Torah, no apostrophes at gmail.com, or you can join our Facebook page at Let's Talk Torah, and we'll catch up on the stuff happening on the show. Before we get started talking with High about cleaning for Passover, so there was a great study that took place this week. Um, you can do with it as you wish. It was the Clorox company that was doing the study, and they discovered that people who clean are happier. Mm-hmm. And as people are really nervous this time of year, we talked about it before we started. I know my wife is home busy, Basti's busy. It's uh, a hectic cleaning. time. Chaotic Very time. hectic yes. time for Passover and cleaning and turning over and scrubbing, and people get nervous. But it does say that people who clean are actually happier, they sleep better, the, the children are more calm, they're more relaxed. Even in my class, by the way, it's like the one thing, maybe you want to call me OCD in that way. It's Bassi's fault, by the way. Um, She's the best, by the way. The your best. wife is outstanding. Your whole family is really, you have a really special family, but your wife is a real rock star. A shout out to Bassi. I'm not sure she's paying attention, but she, maybe she'll call in, but hey, probably cleaning. Right. But uh, in any case, if there's a paper on the floor in my classroom, 
I'll stop what I'm doing. Please clean up that paper. Please clean that up. Please put that away. I don't crumple up kids' stuff. They're too little. But no garbage, no papers, no pens. And it's a clean environment. And we, we learn better. So it's one of the things that uh, is important. Cleaning. And again, uh, so those who are busy cleaning and scrubbing, and we'd hate to say the word slaving away, even though it's, uh, it's uh, timely. Uh, but you should know it's quite healthy, in case you did not know that. Okay. But um, I told Hi when I asked Hi to do me a favor and come down. So Hi said a there was... A favor? What an honor. This is, uh, this is pretty exciting, actually. Right, well, I'm so happy to be here. We'll find it out later. Plus, the week, the, of, the week uh, leading up to Pesach, my favorite holiday. There's, there's so much to talk about. So, so much. much we can about. never do enough. Yeah. So we leave Egypt. We become a nation. Yeah. And Hi, if you've never met Hi before, um, he'll take your number. He'll call you. He'll meet you. It's no problem. Um, there's, there are certain things that are very important to you. I know we've discussed it. And I think this is almost like the perfect holiday to talk about it. And it's a holiday where people are busy helping people. Certainly, yeah. it's a very expensive holiday. The matzah, the unleavened bread, the wine, families get together. There's big get-togethers. People travel. It's an expensive holiday. And there's all kinds of organizations that help people who can't afford to pay for their food. They find ways to get them food in an easier way. They help them. Sometimes people need cleaning help. But it's a holiday where we, we, we help each other. We get together, and there's a word I know that Hai likes very much. And I even wrote it down. But what's that word, Hai? Achtus. Achtus. For, that's a Hebrew word. How would you translate, for my friend Tony and some other people behind the glass, how would you translate, he's good about this, He's also going to ask me Tony questions. Knows. Tony, Tony knows. Tony knows. Tony is good. So how would you translate achtus? Just first so, translation. So, so achtus or achdut comes uh, from the, uh, the, the root word is echad, aleph chet dalid, uh, which is just simply the number one. It just means one. Uh, so achdut, or uh, in uh, Ashkenazi or, or Yiddish pronunciation, achdus, uh, achdut means oneness, or uh, I don't want to say unity, but 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 oneness. The 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 idea, the the concept that that we're all one, we're all in it together. Um, and I very much um, use that concept as I consider the um, the complexity, the diversity, the the size of our Jewish community uh, here in Detroit or throughout the country or indeed around the world, uh, Achdus is, is incredibly important and, and much needed. And yeah, I, I totally see where you're going. It definitely connects to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, the exodus of Egypt, um, and, and kind of uh, the concept of different, different tribes, uh, uh, mass exodus of, of different types of peoples with different backgrounds. But but when we, when we crossed uh, the Red Sea, when we ended up at Mount Sinai and on Shavuos, on Shavuot, we'll receive the Ten Commandments, we really transform into an Am Echad, one nation. And really now more than ever, uh, with, uh, for all sorts of different reasons, um, you know, there are uh, people have excuses to go in different ways, go in different corners, and, and uh, feel like, oh, I'm one type of a Jewish person, I'm another type of a Jewish person. And uh, I really um, 
try to promote and encourage and embrace the concept of achdus, of achdut, that we are one community, that we have to support each other uh, and embrace our differences. And, and uh, I'm sure, Rabbi, you have some different traditions and rituals that, that I might not observe, and, and I probably do some things uh, different that, that you might not, and that's good, that's okay. But at the end of the day, we have to support each other. We have to support our schools. For instance, I'm a graduate of Hillel Day School here in Detroit. Um, uh, your family, uh, you, you, of course, work at and you encourage uh, scholarship at Yeshiva's Darche Torah. Schools have a different curriculum, but much of their, their values and, and the, the root of what's being taught is the same, and we have to encourage both schools and both communities as one single community. People often say, you know, hi, I really... Uh, agree with your concept of, of oneness, of achdus. We've really got to do that. Let's build more bridges uh, from the uh, reform community to the conservative community, to the reconstructionist community to the orthodox community, from the orthodox community to the secular community, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I, whenever I hear that concept, let's build more bridges, I say, I don't want to build more bridges. If you build bridges, if you need bridges, that means there's a moat, there's a water, there's a separation between one and the other. And I don't want there to be a moat. So rather than build bridges, let's fill up the moat and really work as one functioning, happy family. It doesn't mean it's always the easiest, but we have to strive towards it, and uh, it will make us all better in the long run. And we're getting there. There was a moment just, just last Sunday where there was a great example of Achdus, but um, you're totally right. It's Pesach, it's Passover season, and an important time to remember that we're all in it together. Even the four sons, they're different. They're four different characteristics. They were one family. They're all one big family, right. and we take care of each one yes. with his needs. The That's wise right. son is going to be dealt with in one way, and the simple son of you call that, the one who can't ask, the one who's wicked, they are a family, and I see it with families. We're allowed to be different. Oh, yeah. And I'm allowed to do what I'm going to do. Whether I want you to do what I do or not is irrelevant. You're going to do what you do. That has nothing to do, and I think that's where people get confused. Just because I am Orthodox and someone else might be conservative or reform or unaffiliated, and I have these friends, I'm not as good as you, but I'm certainly around, I can be your friend. You may not take me to the ball game. We may not go to the movies together, but we could be friends. Thursday, 1 o'clock, opening day. We Thursday, can go to the ball game. We can go to the Tiger game. We'll talk about that. We yeah. can talk about that. Yeah, you get me out of the house from cleaning, right. it might make everybody happy. Right. Right. I have to tell you a fantastic story historically. Sure. Everyone's heard of the famous King David. Of course. Um, he was a very righteous king. We're all familiar. Um, later in history, there's a very wicked king by the name of Ahav, or Ahab maybe. Ahav. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was one of the wicked kings. Interesting enough, King David, as righteous as he was, did not rule the world. Mm -hmm. This King Achav, who is massively wicked, he caused many, many Jews to do idol worship, got them away from the temple. Um, but in his days, he actually controlled what was considered the world, whatever controlled means. Mm -hmm. And we know that because he was searching for the famous Elijah, who we're going to talk about later. And every country said, we can't find him. Now, if he wasn't in control... They don't have to answer the question, we can't find him. We're just not interested in looking. He obviously was in control. So the rabbis ask, 
King David's so righteous. If King David is so righteous and this King Achav is so wicked, why does King David not have that power to rule over the world and this King Achav does? Mm-hmm. Got the question? Got it, got it. You ready where the answer's going to go? <laughs> go on. You ready where the answer's going to go? So the answer is, in the time of Achav, there was peace. There was this achdus. There was this oneness amongst the Jewish people. While by King David, there was not. And by King David, we know there were, you'll call them slanderers, tattletales. They, people were not as friendly. And as the concept of lush and horror or slander is a very good starting point to figure out, are you together? Are you one? Or are you separate? Mm. I, I tell people, I tell my class, if you're my friend, I could never say something bad about you because you're my friend. If you're not my friend, <laughs> I can do anything. So in Ahab's time, there were no, there were, they weren't slandering. They were together. That togetherness allowed them to be a world power. King David's time, they weren't so together. So right. they didn't deserve to have that concept of, of being a world power. And even in modern history, by the way, every time in the land of Israel, and they have a lot of issues amongst infighting, you just have to read the news, it almost seems every time the Arabs start a war, all of a sudden, everybody's best friends. As soon as we're best friends, everybody leaves us alone. We win. When we're fighting, we lose. The fascinating right. concept. Right. Well, I, uh, I totally hear what you're saying. There's, uh, there's a lot of good and bad that, that we have to deal with. Can we? I, I don't know, Tony. I don't know if we can take a, a little short break. I really want to keep going with, with that story from the Tanakh, but it's Pesach season. It's Passover season. There's so much. I'd love to get uh, talk about the Haggadah maybe if we could. Maybe give me some pointers or our friends listening some pointers as they have their seders coming up this Friday and Saturday nights. So if we can uh, take a little break, we'll be right back. Let's talk Torah with Rabbi Tzvi here on the New Radio Media Network. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The new Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. 
What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. And again, after you said the article, Lechayim, they wanted to play a little Lechayim for you for high. Okay. Nice. So we're back again. You can catch us. You can join us. You can ask if you can get through Ashley. 844-999-9249. So with all the things that happen by the Seder, and you started talking about the four sons, um, children are a highlight of the Seder. Interesting enough, when Pharaoh was getting ready to give permission for after some of the plagues for the Jewish people to leave, um, he said he said to Moses, who's going? And they say, he said, everybody's going. So Pharaoh said, children? Why children? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the old Indians, right? In other words, the women and children don't celebrate holidays, but mm-hmm. we do celebrate holidays. And our children are a focal point. And the reason our children are a focal point is because that's how we pass on, not to be confused with pass over, <laughs> but that's the link in the chain that we teach our children, they'll teach their children. We were slaves, we were in Egypt, we left Egypt, we came out, and that's why, by the way, the four sons, there's all kinds of children. And we talk to all of them. Right. And I'm gonna pause that for a second I hope Kelsey got that picture up there for me. Um, we can't see it here, but that's okay. Uh, my son, talking about children, passing on. So my son is in Florida. You know Dovey. Sure, of course. Yeah. Fantastic so, guy. Yeah, so Dovey's going to be coming up for Passover with the kids. Excellent. And you might notice in that picture, some would say that's one of the plagues. He was going swimming. Um, but before he got into the pool, um, he heard a splash in the pool. And actually, they looked and they saw... First, they thought it was an iguana, by the way. But Dovey said, no, no, that's no iguana. <laughs> and it was an alligator. Wow. It's an alligator swimming in the pool. Oh. They call the owner's um, daughter. She comes down. They call Florida Wildlife. He comes in. He lassos it. He tapes the mouth. He ties it to a tree. But his neighborhood is like my Oak Park neighborhood. Sure. And in the Oak Park neighborhood, if anything exciting happens in one house, the neighborhood is there. And I got to say, th- whoever this wildlife person was, he was the nicest person. So there's a few pictures up there that they can see if they're watching, but we can't see. Right. One is with my son, with the wildlife guy, with that alligator. And my granddaughter is there also. She's a little more scared. But yeah. uh, some actually say, interesting enough, even though I like the plague of frogs to be all about frogs and wild animals is wild animals, there are actually those who say that it wasn't just frogs. It was anything that came out of the Nile River, mm-hmm. which would include crocodiles, alligators. Huh. So timely, that works out pretty good. But let's back up. I had to get the alligator That's good. story That's out. Good. It's That's a good, good story. We have to talk to all four types of children. Yeah. In other words, the wise son. He knows the story already. I don't have to hear the story again. My children have heard me say over the story. They actually ask me for the characters that I use, the same names. Uh-huh. And I feel funny. The same exact story? Yeah. Because it, it, uh, it gets into their bones. It becomes part of them, which is great for the child who's wise. 
and might even be great for the child who's what we call the simple son. Now, again, sons, daughters, it means children. No one should think we're talking to the boys and the girls are on the outside. That's right. Hi, we know that. Right. You have the wicked son also needs to know. We don't say he's wicked. Who cares? Get right. rid of him. We right. have nothing to do with him, which really goes back to our earlier conversation. We want everybody right. involved. We're dealing with everybody. Nice. Yes. And then we have the child who cannot ask, which has always troubled me. Mm-hmm. If it's a baby, if it's a one-year-old, uh, barely a two-year-old, they don't even know what you're talking about. Right. So there's different answers. Who is this child who can't ask? But you actually said a fascinating answer, and that's why it's beautiful to talk to different people. Hi, who did you think it could be referring to? So for, for me, first of all, I have to say that I think we see the, the four sons or the four children, parts of each child reflected in each of us. We all have elements of each of the four. Uh, but um, for, for my family, I, I, um, I'm the oldest of, of three. I'm 33. I have a sister, 30, Alana and a brother, uh, Jake, Jacob, 27. Um, my sister um, has special needs. Um, she does not have the ability really to communicate. She's nonverbal. She can't speak at all. And for our family, uh, as long as I can remember, we pause at the, uh, at the reading of the, the four sons, the four children, um, and we kind of uh, use that, use the, the fourth child to to represent and reflect the strengths the blessings of my sister um you know the the child that cannot ask the child that chooses not to ask my sister is incapable of of asking these questions but that doesn't mean that she can't participate and that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge and respect involve engage her uh, there's a, 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 a concept, of course, in Jewish education that, that you, Rabbi, and your, your team at Yeshiva Starchei Torah and, and my teachers at Hillel Day School and, and, and so forth, um, the concept of teaching al-pi darko, teaching your children uh, on their path according to their way. Uh, you have to kind of adjust your teaching skills to the styles of the student. You kind of have to meet him or her where they're at. I'm a bad math student, but I still was able to earn good <laughs> grades in math because my teachers uh, gave me the tools to, to understand and relate to it differently. So, so for, for me, for my family, we pause at the Sheino Yodei Alish Ol, the fourth child, to think about those with, with special needs. Um, it connects me just, just for a quick second. Also, in Hanukkah, uh, there's, there was a tradition that came out in the 80s during the height of the Soviet Jewry uh, movement uh, crisis. Um, is some folks had, or still perhaps have, an unlit menorah, an unlit Hanukkah. Uh, folks who are uh, uh, fortunate might have multiple uh, Hanukkah candelabras, menorahs, Hanukkiahs, and one of them is to remain unlit. This tradition came out, as far as I understand, in the, in the 80s to light a menorah or to have a menorah unlit in, to think of those who can't light. In the 80s, it was done for Soviet Jews who, who feared for their lives. They, they couldn't due to oppression, they couldn't light. Uh, our family continues that tradition, 
and we have a menorah. Each candle, each night, we put in an additional candle, but we don't light it, and we pause and think of who is this menorah unlit? On whose behalf is it, is it, is it unlit? So, of course, you understand why we would think of my sister or anyone with special needs who can't physically light a menorah. But perhaps for you or your family, maybe it's um, someone who can't afford candles. Or perhaps you or your family, it's someone who's serving overseas and is in battle right now, maybe is in the Golan fighting and, and can't, can't light a menorah. Or perhaps some people have an unlit menorah for those that have passed away and they think of people who, who are, are no longer with us. Uh, so, too, with the concept of the, the fourth child, uh, the child who can't ask, we still have to acknowledge that child, that inner child or that actual child, and get them in, involved or engaged on their level. And um, it's uh, just a good excuse to, to pause and, and think of those who have physical or mental challenges. And I, I want to give a shout-out to Yeshiva Starche Torah and, and all of our schools here in Detroit that that take the time to involve, include, and educate those with special needs. I'm so pleased to support our Jewish Federation and our JCC has a program called Opening the Doors, which allows um, for increased uh, staff involvement, teachers to, to help uh, children with special needs learn. Uh, also to attend camp. Uh, opening Doors program. Also, we have JARC here in town. There's, there's a number of, of different programs. We could, we could do a whole program on, on folks with special needs. A whole but, program on yeah. programs. Yeah, yeah, programs on programs. That's right. But um, it is true, and it is really quite amazing. I know from my own classes. I know just from walking down the hallways. I know from walking into preschool. Um, something that's quite unique, I would say, about Detroit is um, is those special needs children are really part of the school. We've had children that, because they were so severely handicapped, had to be in the public school system. Mm -hmm. But as much as possible, we would have them in school. They would be in classes. Friends would go to them on Shabbos. We actually honored somebody last year by our dinner who every Shabbos she took, I believe, four or five, five or six uh, children with special needs on Shabbos for like an hour or two so the parents could have a break, <clears throat> and she took care of them. So it's very... Beautiful. It's the, the community really understands that there are children with special needs. Sure. They're different, and they need, they need their own way of learning, or they need sometimes individuals. They need people in the classroom. And it's one of the things that the Federation tries to take care of. Other organizations try to take care of the schools. Certainly, um, it becomes part of their... Uh, their regular course of operations right. is just take care of it. So yeah, so that uh, so we've we've hit on the four sons, and we've which is another great example of Achtus. Which is another good example yeah. of Achtus. Yeah, it really. Is. That number four is yes. a real important number throughout the uh, the say that we're going to have four cups of wine. We have those special four words talking about children. We have the special four questions, and. Um, there are a lot of great, lot of great examples of the lucky of, uh, of the number four throughout the Haggadah. And uh, I, I, I don't know, uh, Tony, I know we've got a, a lot to do, but maybe we can take a really short break, if that's okay, pay a few bills uh, for new radio media, and come back with Rabbi Tzvi on Let's Talk Torah, because we've got to talk more Torah. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to new radio media. 
the new Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating what you're thinking, and how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Okay, keeping with our theme. Everybody knows these songs. Okay, we're still talking Haggadah. We're still talking Passover. We still have a phone number, 844-999-9249. Or they just all like listening and they're afraid to interrupt us for our quick hour, which is flying by. So interesting, talk about Passover, talk about spring cleaning, even though we like to call it cleaning for Passover. But Passover is in the spring. Yeah. Actually, the Torah says that God did us a favor to take us out in a month that the weather is not too bad to be traveling in the desert. I guess a little bit juxtapose that with a uh, D.C. councilman who, um, oh. I don't want to say he stuck his foot in his mouth. You can say what you wish. Some people aren't so careful when they talk. He decided to blame all weather because it's been snowing a lot on the East Coast, and I keep calling my mother and saying, how's the weather? Oh, it's eight inches today, and mm. next week, like this last three weeks, they've had more snow yeah. than we had all winter. And he decided to blame the Jews mm. um, for the weather. Now, you know, that's actually very old history. Did you know that? Yes. You probably did. Yeah, the centuries of anti-Semitism, these uh, myths, these accusations have come up before. Amazing. They blame the Rockefellers, so business, they, they, they'd have to come into the cities and they'd have employees and workers. But, uh, but you see from the Torah that it's God who's in control of the weather and he wants us to leave in a comfortable month. So he chooses to take us out in the spring. Not that he's all of a sudden making it snow in the middle of spring, which he's doing right now for whatever reason. But uh, there's hope on the horizon. It will get warmer. I just don't know when. 
But 58 degrees and sunny on opening day. That's Thursday, the day before the first Seder. I'm optimistic. That's it. Everything, optimistic. everything baseball. If you know high, that's right. Everything baseball, or or um, possibly U of M in the Final Four is Go also blue. Go is, blue. Uh, is is almost. I'm not sure what's more important. Not that I'm a sports guy. The Final Four for U of M are opening day baseball. Oh, 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 oh just in short, opening day is a holiday. <laughs> Opening day is a holiday. Whether the Tigers win or lose opening day, it's one of 162 games. Opening day is, is, is a holiday. It's an event. It's a happening. It's, you have to be there. The Final Four is the championship of college uh, college basketball. It's a, it's a big deal. Winning that game is more than more important than winning on, uh, on opening day. And uh, certainly hope that uh, University of Michigan wins on Saturday night. It's The game is going to be uh, at the end of Shabbos, at the beginning of the second Seder, oh, so I, no. will not be able to, I won't be able to see it. I won't be able to be there. But God willing, if the, t- if, uh, the University of Michigan wins late Saturday night, then maybe, maybe I'll be able to get to the game during Cholomoed on, on Monday. But we'll see about that. What's most important is that we all have good, kosher, happy, healthy, family-oriented seders, and that's really what I'm looking forward to. But it's a big week. We've got Pesach cleaning. We've got opening day. We've got two seders and Shabbos, and we've got Michigan basketball in the Final Four. There's a lot of exciting (laughs) stuff. It's going to be a big week. It's a big week. week. It's a big week. Now, here's another important fact that I figured we should just throw in for people who didn't know this. Um, I don't know what Haggadah you use, but many I did as a child— was the Maxwell House Haggadah. You still use the Maxwell House, and now they've got so many, it's on the back burner. Yeah, we do not use the Maxwell House uh, Haggadah. I've, I've certainly seen it, and I do have many copies. We have, it's really exciting. I actually brought it up from my uh, my storage, my, my basement earlier this morning. I have a big, big box, two big boxes of, of Pesach stuff, you know? Uh, not uh, not cooking related, but just stuff. The Haggadahs, the, the little... Uh, gimmicks you have at the, you know, your, sure. your Afi Komen uh, uh, bag and the Seder plates, you know, all sorts of things. Anyway, um, uh, brought, brought up the Haggadahs. And we do have some Maxwell House Haggadahs just, just for the collection. My, my family actually has an extensive Haggadah collection. Every time I'm in Israel, uh, one of the, uh, thank God I've been 10 times, and every time I visit, I have to buy certain things just for, to, to grow the collection, and one thing is at least one Haggadah every tip. So we have a, a big um, big collection of beautiful, illuminated... Uh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I also collected, I still collect... We had that flood a couple years ago. Uh, All my stuff were in totes, but that water that came into the basin was so strong, it knocked over a box or two. So we're rebuilding slowly, but that should have been our biggest uh, problem ever, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But speaking of Maxwell House Coffee, if you were paying attention to the news this week, so there's this power tool company, Makata. Is that how you pronounce it? Makata, Makata. It's a Japanese company. So they actually, and so they have those batteries, like, you know, every tool you have, you slip in the battery, you charge it up. Well, they now have a coffee maker that comes with that rechargeable battery. So wherever you are, you should not worry. You always can have your coffee. I thought this is a pretty important piece of... uh, of, uh, It's a high priority. uh, Yeah. I I was thinking about it, and uh, (laughs) it didn't go over so well at home as another (laughs) coffee maker, but it, it was fine. That's funny. So uh, let, let's get back into get to our Passover. So matzah, uh, which Hai told me he loves shmura matzah. I do. Which, uh, uh, you know, Basi also loves it. And, and I got to tell you, like, it's just flour and water. It doesn't even have salt. <laughs> it's crunchy. It could be burnt. Wouldn't you rather a nice, fluffy, 
piece of challah. Did I ever bring you guys in challah? I can't remember what I bring you guys anymore. Didn't bring challah yet. We have to. We bring them in like donuts, or nice. we bring them in some stuff. Got to have some Jewish taste around here, for especially sure. for Paul. Right. Any day I'll take a piece of challah. Matzah is when I got to eat it. So matzah is really fascinating. And that's, by the way, if you look carefully, the whole Seder revolves around this country. The matzah mm. is poor man's bread. Forget about what it costs you when you go to the store to buy it. But if you ever in Israel, and the old-fashioned matzah was really a pizza bread. Right. So I remember when I was there, you could go into some of those neighborhoods. They have those stone ovens, and they're slapping up these pizzas all over the place. You pay a couple pennies, you go home with a stack. Right. It's, it's not anything fancy. It's, it's poor man's bread. Right. It's what slaves are fed. So one reason that we're eating the matzah is to remember we were slaves, which, again, the idea is we were slaves and we became free. That's mm-hmm. the focus. Mm-hmm. But we also eat matzah towards the end of you know, right before the meal. Yavim Gamliel says anyone who doesn't discuss these three things missed the boat. Right. He doesn't use the word miss the boat, but you right. get what I mean. Right. And one of them fulfilled their obligation. Yes, right. and one of them is the discussion of matzah. Right. And there he doesn't talk about poor man's bread. There he says we're discussing matzah because it reminds us how f- how quickly we left Egypt. In other words, if you lived, it doesn't have to be a few thousand years ago, but breakfast meant that you put on the fire and you got some flour and water and you kneaded it up and you rolled it out and you put it in your oven. And that was your process for breakfast. So the plague of the firstborn has taken place the night before. The Egyptians want us to leave. And Moses said we couldn't leave yet. So everybody gets up in the morning. The women are making matzah. Or they're making dough, to be more, more specific. And the Egyptians see the fires going and the doughs being made. And they said, one second here. You don't think we're letting you stay in our country. Everybody will die. So they said, you're not baking anything. They made us wrap up the dough, and we immediately fled pretty much out of Egypt with our dough. And then the Torah says later, we left so fast that the dough didn't have time to rise, and when we baked it, we baked it into matzah, into that unleavened bread. So now matzah becomes the symbolism of how quickly we actually left Egypt. So you could almost ask, what is it? Is it poor man's bread? Remember, I was a slave. Is it, look how fast God took me out? I'm a free man. And the truth is, it's both. For sure. It's both. And that's one of the, again, you go throughout the say there, you will see there are things that we act like we were slaves. There are things like we recline, for example. There are things we act like wealthy people. We have those bitter herbs. I mean, come on. Wealthy people are not eating. I mean, nowadays everybody likes the romaine lettuce. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, Andy Boy or whatever brand I go find. You know, I once made the mistake. I said, I'll do it cheap. I'll go to one of these vegetable places. I'll just buy a couple heads of oh. romaine lettuce. I bring it home. I start cutting it up. And my house is swarming with bugs. Oh. I don't know what. I said, you know what? This cheap idea was a bad idea. I just tossed it all and said, let me just go back to the clean stuff. But we are doing, we're dipping twice, wealthy sure. people dip. Mm-hmm. We, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the whole flow. If you, if you recognize that the flow of the Seder is, and that's what we want to teach our children. We were slaves. We got out. 
Now we're free. Right. And it even answers a fascinating question, which will get us back to frogs if you'd like. Um, in the order of those three things that Gamliel says to talk about, it's the Passover sacrifice. We'll see if we have time for that. Then it's the matzah, which uh, Gamliel himself says it's to show how quickly we left Egypt. And then it's the bitter herbs. Mm-hmm. The mar, to remember how bitter our lives were. The order seems to be a little off. And I was wherever you want to put the Passover sacrifice. But first I was a slave. That's my bitter herbs. Then mm-hmm. I was a free man. Then I eat my matzah. So why is Rav Gamaliel using such an unusual order? Interesting. I've never thought of that. you got to come to my seder. Okay. Going to my friends. Hey, that's right. That's right. Okay. You well. know, we say, call Dichman, whoever wants. Exactly. Yeah, I actually said this to someone. Um, she meets me, and she says she's going to come over, one of the meals. She also has a special needs child. So she has to wheel him around in his, mm-hmm. in his chair, and, sure. and they come to the house, and he has special feeding tubes. So I told her, I said, Tova, I said, whenever you want, come. Yeah, well, I don't know. Look, the door is open. This is what we say by the Haggadah. Whoever right. wants, walk in. Right. You have to leave early. We'll take care of you on the side. We'll get you food. We'll, nice. we'll move you along. Right. Whether she will come, whether she won't come. But certainly, the attitude is that the door is open. That's, right. Which, of course, brings us full circle back to our Achtos conversation. But... yeah. We didn't answer the question. So why does Rabbi Gamliel order the three, Pesach, Matzah, Maror, in that order? I don't know. I'd never, I never considered that. Great. So now when you go to somebody else's Seder, you new to have something new. Okay. What do you got? Mind you, if you're in, if there's a third grader from my class, they uh-huh. have that written down in their right. Haggadah. Right. But uh, the answer is um, they have that famous, um, I guess it's a scientific fact, that if not that you should be doing this, and it's not kosher, but if you were to put a frog in a pot of water and you turn on the heat, hmm. so as it gets hotter, do you know what happens? No more frog. Well, yeah, that's for sure. But <laughs> the frog doesn't jump out of the hot water. In other words, to put him into boiling hot water, it'll immediately jump out. Again, uh-huh. please do not experiment this at home. Just trust me on this one. People have done it already. See, I have Kelsey all nervous. People have, have done this. Right, we, we uh, no, no, we, we are not saying anyone should practice this with the children. No, absolutely not. Okay, fine. I'm being careful about that. Anyways, do not do this. Do not, not it do is this. Dumb, experiment. illegal, and unethical. That's right. Anyway, but from learning about is, what others have done, the fact is the frog doesn't jump out. Right, his body temperature gets used to the change. Well, it's getting too hot. He's gonna cook. But the reason is that when a person is in a terrible situation. You can pick any situation you want. I don't have to draw the pictures for you. But when a person's in a bad situation, they don't realize how bad it is till they step away from the situation. And then they can look back and say, whoa, I did that. I was doing this. I was Mm. whatever abuse, whatever situation you want to use in your mind. So the fact is we didn't know how bad the slavery was. First, as we say, you have to taste freedom. After you taste freedom... Then you can look back and say, I, I really, really suffered. Hmm. I really, really suffered. Now, we're also going to have to get ready, as I see my time is running up, out. But we actually teach a letter and word each week. And you'll never guess what our word of the week is. Unless I wrote it well, down for you. Um, I wrote it down. You can't guess. It doesn't count. It's not, not in front of me. I didn't see what it is. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should guess after the break. I know we've got to take a little break. 
What are you going to do? But a little cliffhanger. We'll see what this cliffhanger is going to be. Rabbi, looking forward to hearing about it more. We'll take a short break here on the New Radio Media with Rabbi Tzvi on Let's Talk Torah. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Okay, and we're back with a few minutes left. Again, you can try to catch us at 844-999-9249. But if you just want to listen and soak it all in, then you got to go for it. You know, we're talking about children. The whole evening we're talking about the words and stuff. There was something else I noticed was interesting. We talked a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I told you this, hi. We were talking around the table with the kids of what they don't remember. Mm-hmm. So I said, you don't remember that it used to be you couldn't make a phone call from the car because the cord wasn't right. long enough. So Avram, my third grader, no way, no way. Well, in that um, idea, I just found out. I thought they were all done. Do you know there are actually 100,000 pay phones that still exist? Huh. And they actually make and money. Still, they still function. Uh-huh. It, it seems small companies use them, places where there's not such good um, reception. Right. But you talk about the old, the new. We try to teach our children what's what was sure. somehow incorporated into their uh, multifaceted computer games, toys, life. We we throw that all in. So, uh, but continue. We talk about words. Words are a very important thing. We like words. We talk about seder, which. I guess was uh, we neglected to mention that seder means order. It's a very specific order. 
Now, we didn't translate the word Haggadah, which means to tell over to the children. But we have a different word. So first, Kelsey, we're ready for my next poster. Every week, hi, we do a letter. This week, it's up there. Our letter is Mem. Mem is the 13th letter. Makes an M sound. Um, it actually is a combination of two letters. It's the Chaf, which we had a couple weeks ago, and the Vav. That's the Mem that's up there. I didn't put down. There's really, in the Hebrew alphabet, there's actually a different form for the Mem at the end of a word. Uh, the numerical value of Mem is 40. But this week, there's a real easy word as we look for an, a Mem word every week. What do you think my Mem word is going to be this week now that we... Uh, well, just to break, just to break with tradition, I'll say maror, but I know it's not maror. Uh, you know, I didn't even think of that. Sorry, one. sorry, sorry. I wouldn't have said maror, but maror is a good the one. The more, the more fundamental, the first one would be matzah. Of sure. course, matzah. Sure. We've been talking about matzah, talking about the seidud matzah, the highlight. Uh, most people, not all, by the way, most people have three matzahs. What's special about the number three? We talk about the Jewish people. Um, it's the three. You know, interesting. It doesn't say it's the three types of of denominations. It's the uh-huh. it's right. the it's the three um, I guess levels is a good word. You have the priest, the Kohen, who would work in the temple, you have the Levites who also worked in the temple, and then you have Yisrael who's everybody else. Right. So our three matzes which we're holding together, because everyone has to be together and everyone has to be ba'achtos and all these things are important. Nice. Um, that's like symbolic in those three. We break the middle one and we let the children, as I told you, uh, we told other people last week, uh, my children gang tackle me and take the middle <laughs> one away. Right. And uh, it keeps them excited to stay sure. up. A lot of things we do is to make sure the children stay awake so the father has those few minutes to, you know, stick in that... Uh, we left Egypt, we right. were slaves, get into the story. One last teaching opportunity. That's what we're looking for. The whole right. evening, my rabbi in synagogue said this week, it's a teaching opportunity for the yeah, parents. The, for sure. And the parents have to remember that's their job, right. is to teach the children. So in our small amount of time, I had two stories I wanted to say. Um, I'm going to say the second one first. There's a fascinating story. There's something called Hashkacha Pratis. Ashkach Pratis means God runs the world. Nothing happens by chance. I mean, you can look at the whole Passover story, Moses, the bush, everywhere, nothing is by chance. Listen to this fantastic story. So the story takes place in Florida. There is a lady driving down I-95 in a new model Mercedes. And as she's driving down the highway, she passes what you would call a clunker. You know, just one of these cars held together with duct tape and rubber bands and bouncing down, and she's, you know, zooming by it. And there's a big sign in this clunker for sale. Car for sale. Okay, again, we are not suggesting to do this, but she somehow wrote down the phone number as she was driving down the highway. Why a lady who drives a Mercedes needs a clunker? No idea. I don't think she knew either. She calls up the person later that evening, and she says, uh, you're selling a car? And they said, yeah. She says, do you mind if I ask you why? Which is a pretty funny question to ask. Yeah. And interesting enough, the person answered. He said, I got to tell you the truth. We're from Venezuela. And uh, our daughter has a certain, um, in the story, it's not clear what's, was, what was the difficulty with his daughter, but she needed special doctors and special medicines and special procedures. Um, we sold her house in Venezuela. We moved here to Florida. This is where the doctor is. 
Um, I bought a car to get around, but we need more money for the doctor. We're, we're just, we got to pay him. So the lady says, what's the doctor's name? I probably have the name wrong. Doesn't matter. I believe the doctor's name is the Dr. Rosenberg. Rothenberg, Rosenberg. So the lady says, that's my name. I tell you what, why don't you meet me in the clinic Monday morning and I'll bring you into my husband. You're not going to have to worry about all these costs and who knows what. We're going to take care of your daughter. Amazing. God runs the world. Every step, like, I mean, come on. She takes the numbers. She calls. Right. Who cares? They happen to be passing each other. No happenstance. But again, you know, going all the way back to what we started at the beginning of the show, you know, and in the story we didn't discuss religious, not religious. Nobody cares. It, it's not supposed to matter. We're all one. That word echad, which you shared with us. All these things are important. Hopefully that's some of the things we're going to learn from our Seder. And as I see, everyone's telling me that my time is just about up. So I certainly want to thank Hi, Hi Safra, for coming down. We had a great time. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you, Rabbi. It was a lot of fun, and I'm extra fired up for Passover and the Seders. I have I learned a little bit more so I can contribute to cool. my own Seders. And again, thank you to our wonderful sponsors, our listeners. I couldn't do without you. Thank you to my team, to Drew, Tony, Asin, Kelsey. Until next week, I'm Rabbi C. Jacobson with New Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. Come! What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at newradiomedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want.